0: What is up guys, it's Andy Priscilla and this is the show for the realists, say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness and delusions of modern society. Welcome to motherfucking reality. Guys, today we have Q and AF. That's where uh, you submit the cues, and we give you the AFs. Now you can submit your questions a couple different ways. If you want them to answer right here on the show, you can do it uh, the first way. Guys,
1: you can email those questions in to askandy at com,
0: Or you can go on YouTube. We're new on YouTube. Uh, go up there and it's under my name, Andy Forsella. It's on the Andy Forcella channel. Uh, find the Q&A F episode and drop your question right there in the comments under the q and A F episodes. And uh, don't forget to click subscribe. Now, if this is your first time listening, we do have other shows within the show. Other times, you're going to hear CTI. That stands for Cruise the Internet. And if you're a regular, I know we missed one for you last week, but we had my man DJ's wedding, and we got tied up doing a whole bunch of stuff. So we're going to get right back on that tomorrow for you guys. So, um, but CTI is our current events, news, uh, what's going on in the world, slash comedy, slash talking shit episode. Uh, We throw up topics on the screen. We talk about what we think is true, what we think is bullshit. And then we talk about how we can be the solutions to these problems going on in the world. Other times we have Real Talk. Real Talk is just five to 20 minutes of me giving you some Real Talk. And then we have uh, 75 Hard Verses. And 75 Hard Verses is basically we bring people on who have completed 75 Hard, uh, regained control of their life, figured out what they were doing wrong and figured out how to correct it. And then we come on and talk about the journey. Now, if you don't know, I am the creator of the 75 Hard program. Uh, which is the first part of the Live Hard program, which you can get for free at episode 208 on all the audio platforms that this show is carried on. It's not on YouTube because uh, we just started on YouTube recently. So uh, it's episode 208. It is a free program. It is designed to help you cultivate mental toughness, uh, things like discipline, grit, perseverance, self-esteem, self-confidence, the ability to endure, fortitude, all the things that actually contribute to you being successful. Because the reality is, the reason you're losing or the reason you're winning has nothing to do with anything other than your ability to adhere to the plan. We can look in every single direction of our entire lives, a 10 miles deep, and there's going to be plans that will work for you. Your problem is, you can't stick to it. And if you want to cure that problem, and you want to understand that problem, and you want to understand yourself better, uh, the Live Hard program is the way to do it. So it's free. It's episode 208 on all the audio platforms. Go check it out uh with that being said we do have this thing that we call the fee uh the fee is very simple if we bring you value please share the show all right i get censored on every single social media platform heavily uh our shows do not get pushed out because of the nature of the content that we talk about on ctis so if you think it's valuable do me a solid do dj a solid help us spread the word and uh share the show
1: yeah 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 what's up what's going on man
0: nothing man So we got we got a third wheel in here today. Yeah, we do. Yeah, as as Keith as as Keith Brother from another mother. Yeah, well Keith Keith so eloquently pointed out before the show that we have black Mr. Potato Head (laughs) and White Mr. Potato Head. So I'd like to welcome to the show Mr. Von Kohler. Thank you. But to give credit
2: where credit is due, I believe it was Joe who who, actually Who made the joke? That was Keith. That was Keith. Oh, it was Keith. Oh, Keith. Thanks. So I'm UConn what am I? UConn. You're like the Irish
0: potato. Irish potato. Yeah, DJ's like the Idaho potato. Yeah, we're Spuddies. Yeah, Spuddies. Yeah. Idaho. Yeah. So I got Vaughn on. You guys remember Vaughn. Vaughn was my co-host on the MFCEO project and will continue to be my co-host on the new version of the MFCEO project that we're launching here very shortly. So he's actually in town to uh, help work on that project. Mm -hmm. And I figured this would be a good time to help him, you know, jump in on the show and see if he's still got what it takes.
1: Hmm.
2: I hope I do.
0: Yeah. I hope so, really, too.
2: What I'm really excited about is to discover what kind of movie Madat uses for uh, for the promotional of this episode.
0: Well, we don't do movies for the q and A's. That's only for CTI. Oh. But here's what we'll do. We can. We can. Here's oh. what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. We will make your dreams come true. We <laughs> can do you. that, right? Thank you. Because we're into, we're, into, we're into making people's dreams come true around mm-hmm. here. Equal opportunity. All right. really. here, okay. Yeah. But except for you. So so we have we have the dream maker sitting right over here. It's up to him. Yeah. Now, if we get the nod from a dot, we can do it. What do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down? <laughs> oh, you get one. All right. All right. So just like Titanic or Jaws. Titanic,
1: whoa. Or you know cars. I'm not being who's Rose? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's Vaughn. <laughs> Big hero six. I'll be one of the, the, the waiters.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and then uh we also had a, de- uh, a fiery debate earlier before you were here and you would have gotten this right but nobody else in here got this right oh okay okay who sings the song too legit to quit oh mc hammer okay first of all who later on became known right. simply as you hammer hold on did dj actually get it right or was he looking it up on his phone
1: i didn't look it up you were on Bro. your phone the whole time. Listen, first of all, I, I, fi- I find that offensive. Okay, because that song is like embedded in my DNA code. Can you do the dance? I can do the dance. I bet I you can. can. I bet you can. Actually, I, I can pretty good. You'll, hey, we'll see. Yeah. Or cut some rugs. All right. I fucking do the song. Okay. Would yeah.
2: you say that that song is, is more iconic than Can't Touch This?
0: I don't know. I think that's like. No, I can't touch this. That's a, that's a this tough t- okay.
1: that's a tough. No, yeah. No, it's that, tough that's like definitely can't top touch five top three mm-hmm. but can't touch this that's it's up there
0: i don't know too legit to quit's pretty pretty fucking up mm-hmm. there too man
1: mm-hmm.
0: it was up there right around that uh uh ice ice baby time right you know with vanilla ice mm-hmm. oh yeah that was the that was the peak of humanity There's so much good yeah. music back then man. yeah that was, was the, the peak, peak of rap music right it doesn't get better it. than it's than all that. been it's been downhill from there it's true i am you know when I was, a, when I was a, a, back in my day, I had to walk up the, <laughs> the hill to school both ways in the snow. <laughs> All right. So
1: what you got? We got some stuff. Hey, man, to to everyone's surprise, I got, I got some good ones for you. You do? I do. Yeah, we got some really, really good ones. Let's dive into these, man. Andy, guys, question number one. Uh, Andy, if someone wants to pursue a career in politics, where do you think they should start? Uh, he says, "I'm a military veteran and fellow Missouri resident, and I would like to start down a political path. I'm tired of these politicians not being held accountable, as well as not truly representing the people that elected them. So, as a normal person, I guess, how how do we do that? How do we accomplish that?" That's a good question.
0: Uh, first off, I'd say that it's good that you're interested in that because we need actual human beings that are from reality to serve in these positions. You know, part of the reason that we're in the mess that we're in is that we have lifetime politicians who are not of the people making decisions that are not for the people. And if we ever want to correct that, that means that we're going to have to activate the population to fill these spots inside of our government. Um, and, and if we don't, we'll continue to get what we're getting. So kudos to you for wanting to do that because that's what it's going to take for us to get shit figured out. Um, but I would say you know, outside the technicalities of, you know, hiring a a campaign manager and going to a political consulting firm that actually knows how to do these things, which is likely what you would want to do. The first thing that you're going to have to do is you're going to have to get someone like that interested in you. Mm -hmm. um, And which means you're going to have have basic things. First thing you're going to have to have, in my opinion, is some ideas about the way things should be. And that would be no different than if you were starting a business. A lot of people want to start a business, A lot of people want to, uh, you know, get people to invest in them, aka have a political expert, you know, take interest in them. Um, And to do that, you have to have a business plan. And I would think it would be no different with somebody that wanted to be a politician. You have to have an idea for policy, a policy plan, right? What do you think needs to be fixed? Because let's be real. We have a lot of people out here bitching about everything, but nobody's really offering other solutions or other ideas. I do that all the time. I tell you guys what I think, should be even if it's totally outside the reality of what we have right now you know i I like to think about solutions Uh, a lot of what we have going on makes no sense to me and i think people are interested to hear from people with solutions and not just hear from people that are complaining so i would take some time i would take the top 10 issues you know that that are affecting you know society. And I would write down what you think needs to be fixed about those issues and how you would fix them and what would you argue for and what would you support what would you not support and make that very clear. And the second thing is, you know, to become a politician, you have to be able to communicate, all right? And not everybody's comfortable communicating. More people are afraid of public speaking than they are of dying. And that's a skill that you have to develop. And do you know how you develop public speaking? You develop public speaking, shockingly, by speaking in public, publicly, yeah,
1: right? <laughs>
0: you know. So uh, Bro, that was a Kamala Harris line, right there. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I just didn't have the hand gestures, you know. Um, but we have to be real about what this takes. Like, you know, they make us feel like we're not qualified to do these things, and a lot of us aren't. Um, but the things that are that make us qualified are not that important. I, I'm not sitting here saying you have to be a polished, perfect public speaker but you have to communicate your points and why you think they're valid and why you think these should be the way uh, that we do things because you have to compel people into joining your team. That's what politics is all about. Hey, here's the problem, guys. We all see the problem. Here's what I think we should do about it. Are you with me? Are you not with me? And you'll find out real quick if you have a future in politics, Yeah. you know? So I would start there.
1: Yeah, I want to actually, so as a follow-up, obviously make some policy uh, outlines, right? Work on your public speaking. But I want to ask you guys both this because when we, I feel like when we see the stereotypical politician, there's almost like this inherent uh, charisma, okay? And so I, I want to ask both of you is in your opinion. Is that typical politician or is that the good ones? Maybe the good ones. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it leads to the question though. Is charisma an inherent thing that is just there or is that something, is that a, a skill that's developed?
2: I think that there are personalities that you know they're born with a little bit more gregariousness, and they're they're just sort of in their DNA to be a little bit more people oriented. But no, I, I actually think you can you can develop charisma. There's a great book called The Charisma Book uh, Charisma Myth by Olivia Fox Cabane, and she identifies three sources of charisma: power, presence, and warmth. And those are all things that you can work on. Power is your ability to do things for people, to get things done for people. Presence is treating someone like they're the only person in front of you, the only person in the room. And warmth is just being a good dude and, or, a, or a good woman and, and treating people with kindness and, and respect. And you can cultivate all three of those things. And if you, if you exercise those things in your personality, you're going to be charismatic.
0: Yeah, I, I also think, you know, practicing, okay? Like a lot of people, you know, dude, when I... You know, I've trained salespeople for a long, long time, right? And a lot of people, when they come on board the first day, they have zero sales experience. How do you get them to understand what it's like to sell? You put them in a sales environment and you let them take reps. And I think a lot of people confuse things like charisma with something that people are born with, when in reality, it's it's familiarity, it's mm-hmm. the reps, it's being comfortable with people over and over and over again. You know, when I first started giving my first, uh, quote unquote, will we'll qualify as public, speaking, it was in front of, you know, five or six employees. And I was nervous every time, but over the course of, you know, 15, 20 years, you do that thousands and thousands and thousands of times. You, you start to even forget that you were nervous the first time you ever did it. And I I think a lot of, a lot of it, when it comes down to what people perceive they need versus what people actually need is what keeps them from taking action towards what it is they want to do. And so a lot of people who are trying to, you know, they think like, well, fuck, I could never be a politician or I could never be a successful business person or I could never be a best-selling author or I could never, I could never, I could never. And if you make a list about those things, you're gonna always find a whole bunch of things in yourself. What you're doing is you're turning the microscope onto yourself and finding the worst reasons as to why you can't do what it is you wanna do. And that's not what winners do. That's not how winners think. The winners think, okay, I have these things that I can do and they leverage those things to move forward. And then as they practice over and over and over again, they get better at the things they're weak at. Um, but I, I think having clear, concise policy and problem solution you know, organization and being able to communicate it is ultimately what it's gonna come down to because we see leaders in history, right? Like these great speeches in history given by some of the, you know, the greatest leaders that ever lived, quote unquote, depending on who you ask, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, there are always these speeches like Martin Luther King, right? Like he gives you this speech and you kind of get the chills. You're like, man, this guy's got power in his voice. He meet, But that comes from his belief in his policies and his solutions. Mm. Like he's, he understands what he's fighting for. And when you listen to someone who is totally uh, captivating with their energy, it's usually because they're competent in the content that they're communicating. So a lot of people, you know, they think speaking is a show. It's not a show, you're delivering a message. And and if you believe in your message and you believe in what you're talking about, the energy is going to be much more captivating to the audience. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really my whole jam. I am yeah. far from a polished public speaker. There's no like You know, I get a lot of credit for being a really good public speaker, but it's not because I'm like polished or I'm good. It's because I go up there and say what the fuck I think. And it resonates with people. And the reason I resonate with people is because what I'm saying, I actually believe myself. And this isn't about, you know, like when I go talk to people and I talk about what's going on in the country, you know, usually people clap at the end. The reason they clap at the end isn't because what I said was, you know, earth shaking Or or groundbreaking, it's because they can tell that I deeply believe that we have a problem and we need a solution and we need them to step up. And that's going to come from you just understanding your content, understanding what you think the problem is, what you think the solutions are, and then going up there and delivering it with the intent that you're there to fix and you're there to serve and you're not there for yourself. You know, I think that's a big differentiator between politicians. I mean, can we not tell kind of who's there to actually solve problems? I was
1: about Mm -hmm. to say that the converse is true, right? Like it's very, very easy to look at any politician and they don't believe what they're saying. They don't believe in, there's no conviction. You can easily tell, oh, that person's full of shit. Right. Like Mm -hmm. instantly.
0: Yeah, but it's the same with sales. Yeah. It's the same with sales. This is why great salespeople understand their product and believe in their product. Otherwise they're not, uh, you know, able to convince people that it's a great product. And so I think a lot of this just comes down to getting clear on what you think needs to be done, Mm -hmm. which most people refuse to do. I mean, let's look at what people talk about. I see a lot of influencers on the internet talking about what's going on in the world, but how many of them are providing solutions to the problems? I don't see a lot of that. I see a lot of people posting clips, screaming, saying, man, look at this stuff. Or can you believe this stuff? Holy shit, I can't believe this is happening. And stirring up emotions, but there's no solution. Bro, we know the problem. Do you know the problem, Vaughn? Do you know the problem, DJ? We all know the problem. We're fucking looking at the problem. We all feel the problem. We all see the problem in our fucking pocketbooks. We see the problem in the cities and the crime. We see the problem with all this shit. We're aware of the problem, but what's the solution? And that's where people are dropping the ball. The reason we don't have many leaders standing the fuck up is because we don't have many people offering solutions for people to stand up and do their own work. This is why I come on here Every single show, and I talk about personal excellence and raising the standard because what we actually need is not a violent revolution. Now, I think we're getting closer to that. If I'm being honest, I think we're getting closer to that. However, even if that were to happen, what about tomorrow? What about the next day? What about next week? What about next month? We would just find ourselves in the same situation after an amount of time anyway. So we have to change the culture. And the culture that needs to change is we have to take pride in not being dependent on these government bodies and these people who we all think are tyrants that we all know don't give two shits about us. Okay, so how do we remove ourselves and unplug ourselves from that system? Well, some of you are already sort of unplugged. Some of you are already fit and healthy. Some of you are already financially successful, but these are only parts of the puzzle. To be completely unplugged, you have to make more of an effort than that. You have to be fit because they want you fat. The reason they want you fat is because they want you sick. Why do they want you sick? Because they want you to take their medicine. All right? Why do they want you to take their medicine? Because that's where they make their money. If you're fat, sick, and taking their medicine and consuming all their data, you're the perfect mega consumer for their, their matrix they've created. So we have to remove ourselves from all these things. We can't eat fake food. We can't allow ourselves to be unfit. We can't consume mindless information. We have to consume things that actually make us think and 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 expand our uh, ability to, to, uh, to comprehend information and learn new things. Um, and we have to do this and we have to set the example so that our neighbors to the left and to the right of us see that happening. And when they see you raise your standards and they see you unplug your family from this control mechanism that they've created, now all of a sudden they start doing little things. Maybe they become a little fitter. Maybe they become a little healthier. Maybe they stop spending so much time on social media and more time reading some you know, stuff that's gonna help them out, all right? these are th- That's actually what's going to change. Freedom in this country is highly misunderstood, in my opinion. I think most people in America believe that some hero is going to ride in on the white horse and say, you are all now free, like they do in the movies. That's not actually how freedom works. How freedom works is freedom is, is granted by yourself on an autonomous level, according to how you exercise your freedom. And if you exercise your freedom to be fit and you exercise your freedom to capitalize on opportunities and become wealthy, if you exercise your freedom to put good information in your brain, if you exercise your freedom um, to use your voice when you see things that aren't wrong, now you're operating as an autonomously free individual because you've unplugged your dependency from their program and you're also exercising your rights that aren't granted by government, but granted by God, according to our constitution. Right. Okay, so freedom isn't something that Donald Trump's going to grant you. Freedom is something that you're going to grant yourself. And the reason that we have this chaos going on in the world right now is because not enough people understand this concept and are executing on this concept. So if you want to know what the solution is, that's the, that's the real solution to most things. Because when you get people unplugged, they get clear-headed, they get healthy, they see what's going on, and they start to move up in their lives. Now, all of a sudden, they understand some other things that are happening in the world, and they're open to hear solutions that are outside the rails that they've set for us to, to, to run between.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man.
0: Mm-hmm. you know.
2: Yeah, I would just add, going back to what you were saying about communication, the importance of being a really good communicator. I think the difference between the average politician and someone who is truly great, a truly great leader, an iconic statesman is that those kinds of people are able to express really big ideas, ideas that call people to greatness in very simple, straightforward ways that that the average person can understand. You think about during World War II when the Nazis are just like blitzing England, you know, Churchill didn't get into the minutia of the strategy that they were going to employ to to repel the Nazis. Instead, he got in front of everybody and he said, well, here's what's going to happen. We're going to conduct ourselves in such an incredible way that a thousand years from now, when they're talking about all that English is England has ever accomplished. They're going to say that this was our finest hour. And then like in the in the 80s, when in the middle of the Cold War, when, you know, it's United States against Russia and all the different politicians, when they're asked in front of people, well, what you know, what's your policy for for winning the uh, Cold War? Or, what's your what's your philosophy of our relationship with Russia? All the people you can go back and listen to this and watch footage of this. All of the political candidates at the time were saying, well, there'd be a combination of uh, containment and then we'd work over here and then we would do detente over here. They asked Governor Reagan, what's your what's your policy uh, regarding the Soviet Union? And he looked at the, the reporter and says, my policy is simply this. They lose, we win. <laughs> and he was uh, to this day, he is ranked as one of the highest, most popular uh, presidents because he was able to take concepts of greatness and put them in terms that people can understand. And if we want to be truly influential uh, people who are you know, active in politics. We got to learn to do that. Yeah. You know, I mean, you go back to the first people don't uh,
0: want any more of these nerds. No, they yeah. don't.
2: And, and you go back to the first election uh, between uh, Clinton and, and Trump. And this is not a partisan statement. This is a statement of fact. OK, Hillary Clinton's uh, motto or her little campaign slogan that year in 2016 was I'm with her. Like, what does that even mean? i yep, you just I'm with her. half the country. <laughs> right. What does that, mean, that even mean?
0: That means you should vote for me because I'm a woman, not because I'm qualified.
2: Right, and of course, what was Donald Trump's? Make America great again. Yeah. I don't care what you think about Donald Trump. He encapsulated an idea that was calling people to greatness. He expressed it in a really simple way. If
0: we're going to win the culture war, we got to be able to do and that. Also, he also made it about America and not about themselves, yeah. right? That's another key thing about being in politics and being a great leader is is the selfless, pursuit of the solution to the problem right like this isn't a, a lot of these politicians they make it about themselves it's about obama it's about being the first black president it's about being the first woman vice president it's about being the first woman president americans don't give a fuck about that shit okay here's what we care about we care that our fucking money goes as far as it can go we care that we have the freedom to you know not be financially oppressed we care that gas prices aren't 6 dollars we care that we're not at war we care that we're not shutting the country down like there's there's we care about things and those are the things that you should care about to cuz that's what politics is supposed to be it's supposed to be a position of service to the people mm-hmm. not a position of glory to yourself mm-hmm. and a lot of these politicians over the last couple decades it's been all about them i'm the, i'm the first trans general in the military are you fucking any good at being a general you know are you good are you good at being an admiral like are you good at the job i'm the first this or that like bro i don't give a fuck about the first like i'm over the first and everybody else is too you know why because the world's falling the fuck apart because we've been worried about the first instead of the best and that's where we need to make the change we need to put the best people in and dude and you know here's something i'd like to say too you, you know, there's a big problem in America right now where people like look at the best people that can do the job and then they find these other flaws in other areas of their life and try to like say, well, I'm not voting for that person because, you know, in second grade, really? he, he fucking did this and this and this. Yeah, he took a or, pack of glue. Or yeah. 20 years ago, he had a fucking affair or he did this thing or he divorced his wife or he fucking, you know, uh, cheated on his fucking high school math test 50 years ago. Like, dude, Look, do you want the job done at a high level or not? That's how you have to look at it. And we we, we have been trained to look at the, the faults of any qualified candidate by the media politics matrix and attack them for it. And why have we been trained to do that? We've been trained to do that so that the best possible people that could actually fix shit end up burning on the cross because... You didn't like something they did in their personal life, or you didn't like... That has nothing to do with how well the job can get done. And this is a big problem in society right now. Anybody who gains traction, the dirt comes out, and everybody fucking blows up on them,
1: and then you lose a candidate that could actually fix the fucking problem. Well, that same thing also prevents a lot of good people who would want to step up. That's why. Yeah, That's why that. they do it. Because the they I want to do that for? Yeah, you know because
0: every single person out there has this thing behind them called mm-hmm. fucking life.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All right? Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, well, fuck, dude, look what they're doing to this person. I don't want to do that. And they propagate this c- cancel culture shit and we eat it up whether we know it or not, right? Yeah. Like when you get, when you look at someone, like when I look at someone and I say in my company, I say, this person, can this person, you know, is this the right person for the job? I'm not thinking like, you know, okay, we got to put this person in there because they're a man or this person because they're a woman or this person because they're a, a race. I'm thinking, all right, who's going to be able to do this fucking job? And then I don't go on behind, you know, and, and pick apart their fucking personal history and every boyfriend they ever had or every girlfriend they ever had or whatever happened to them for the last 30 years of their fucking life. We're trying to accomplish a mission. And the American people have gotten caught up in this cancel culture And don't understand that it's not just like things like Bud Light. It's things like when you have a qualified candidate that's stepping up trying to do good shit and you blow them up because they have a life behind them. Now, what are you left with? You're left with all these creatures in Washington, D.C. that have more shit in their closet than anybody Mm -hmm. pillaging our freaking country and destroying our country. Because you didn't like the way some dude fucking tweeted, mm-hmm. okay, or whatever. And it's, it's not about Trump. But my point is this. You know, 2019, we had a pretty good fucking deal here in America. Every, economy was good. Gas was cheap. People were fucking employed. People were getting along. Like, bro, we fucking. We doing all right. Listen, it's real shit. Yeah. Okay. And, and you guys fucking villainized a dude based upon a, a fucking lie, the Russiagate conf- collusion. That has been proven to be false because you didn't like the way this motherfucker attacked people. Well, let me tell you something: when you get attacked every single day, because I, listen, I do. I open up the internet, and you know what? Fifty percent of the people fucking don't like me every fucking day. I open the internet. That's what I'm confronting with. Okay. After a while, you're like, "Fuck you." You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't. You, you there's only so much tact you can have before you're like, you know what? Fuck all these people, mm-hmm. and you know
1: Hmm. it's real shit man
2: Andy don't you think though part of the reason that the cancel culture or the cancel mindset works is that usually the people that it's directed against unfortunately these people cave instead of saying yeah I did it that was five years ago or ten years ago or twenty years ago and owning it and just being like I still still
0: represent a lot of really good things and if you can't get over it fine I think that's I think that's the only way you should handle it yeah I, I think that every single person out here that lives a life knows that in the past they made mistakes. I think that every single person that's being honest will tell you that. And I think that every single person watching from the outside can tell you that about themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you were just to say, you know, Hey, that's that I fucked that up. Sure. did. you know what? And that was why I quit doing this or the explain the change you made and why you don't, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like I think, but yeah, you know, people do make it worse because they run and they hide and they squeal and they try to deflect. And like, dude, people aren't stupid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't. Th- I I honestly think that the apology thing. I think people are over that. I think. I think the best way to cancel yourself now is to apologize. Yep. I think if you don't want to be canceled, I think you do exactly what Vaughn said. You say, "Guess yeah, guess what? That's actually correct. I did those things. I fucked up. I wasn't always the fucking person I am today." That's the point of life. I've gotten a lot better. I'm embarrassed of those things, but I've also changed my behaviors, and that's why mm-hmm. I'm continuing to move forward. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. But back on the things we need to be talking about. Yeah. yeah. I want to add to this guy real quick uh, before we go to question number two, though. Um, I would also like to add, that's great you're getting in. Get in, do your, do your job, and get out. Don't make that a career. Yeah. That, that's I like To me, that. I think I'm, dude, I'm, dude, I'm so I think tired of you're, seeing that. You're it.
0: touching on a very important point. These politicians... This is not a way for you to become rich and famous. This is supposed to be service. This is supposed to be something that you're sacrificing. You're sacrificing four to eight years of your money earning potential or your business potential or your life potential to serve. It's service. It's no different than going into the military, okay? And that's how people should look at it. And we have these people that are in office for 30, 40, 50 fucking years, bro. Dianne Feinstein just gave her power of attorney to her son she's 90 years old she's still serving in congress that's insane that's in, that means that her son is actually the person that can make decisions right like dude we have to end this 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 elderly issue and the reason it never ends is because the deals that were made forty years ago have gotten everybody so rich that they want to hang in there and keep going.
1: Right. Yep. You know. And this is this is. And then their grandkids come up. You know, bro, like our government's. Kids, yeah.
0: From that aspect, from I mean, from really most aspects, but from that aspect, you know, people shouldn't be allowed to trade stocks. And I think they just passed something on this too. They're, they're working right? on it. Yeah, yeah, they're working on it. But like, they shouldn't. They should have term li- term limits. They shouldn't be allowed to trade stocks. These are things that like should be obvious to every American. Like, bro, you shouldn't be able to go in there worth X and then come out you know, 100X. Like, that's insane. Yeah. Where did that come from? What product did you sell? What benefit did you provide? Oh, none. You got it because someone paid you so you would pass laws that weren't in the interest of everybody else, and that was what you got paid for. Because otherwise, they wouldn't need to pay you. If they need to pay you, that means by default that it wasn't in the interest of the people. It was in the interest of the people you'd be able to say, I'm doing this because it's a good thing and everybody vote for it.
1: Right. And and our
0: whole system is built on that. Yep. So like, dude, this, our system is totally poisoned. And the only way to unpoison it aside from it burning down, which I think is a real possibility is to replace it with individuals like this gentleman who's looking to make a difference. I commend that we need more of that. And the skill sets that you're going to need to do that are not as difficult to maintain or to gain as you think. It takes a little bit of practice. Mm -hmm. It takes some thought. It takes some organization
1: and it takes some reps. And that's what you're going to have to do. Guys, Andy, our second question, question number two. Andy, after hearing you talk about the zero options mentality, I've implanted that in my life and now I feel unstoppable in all areas of my life. Lately, I feel that I'm not giving myself enough grace or credit as I accomplish my goals. Andy, at what point did you give yourself credit and feel proud of the goals you accomplished? I'm hesitant that if I begin to give myself credit or feel too proud, I'll let my foot off the gas and stay stuck in the same place. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. I don't know, man. Like,
0: I feel like there's truth to that. I feel like that a lot of people get caught up in what they've done, and then they let their foot off the gas. Mm-hmm. I think that's a real concern. We're in that
1: varsity letterman.
0: Yeah, Forever. I think I think a lot yeah. of people, you know, like in pro sports, a lot of people are con- content with getting on the team, not performing once they're on the team. And you know, we see this in business. Like people open a business and they think, oh, I, co- I should be congratulating that, that I opened a business. No, you, that's that's very easy. What's hard is running a business for thirty years and employing thousands of people and making impact in your community and, and the world and, and making a little money doing it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. For you and everybody else. And, and so like, dude, I don't know. I struggle with this if I'm being completely honest. I, I you know, I, I tend to be the kind of person and you guys in this room know this um, because you work with me, but I tend to be the glass is half empty type person. I don't, I don't look at the glass half full. I look at what we don't have. Mm-hmm. And that's what keeps me hungry. That's what keeps me wanting to grow. And that's what keeps me wanting to be better. You know, when I look at what we've built with First Form, you know, I'm very proud of the people that come here every day and give their all. This is a very, you know, high standard place to work and we we go to work. Um, And I'm proud of the difference that we make in other people's lives, you know, these people who uh come in and, you know, they need to get in shape and we work with them and we change them and we help them get their shit together. I'm proud of, you know, what, what happens with the Live Hard program. I mean, I'm, of course I'm proud of those things. I'm proud of what we do in Arte, helping the business owners, you know, like, I'm proud of the communities we help build. Like I'm proud of all of that shit, you know, um, the philanthropy work, all the stuff we do. I'm proud of, but like I don't like, I don't like, I don't know. I don't think about it that much. Like I think about what we got to do still, and like I I tend to like look at where I'm at, and I and I see the opportunity because here's the thing, you know. We talk about this when we talk about potential, right? Your potential is always expanding as you gain skill set. And so when I define success, I define success as the commitment to the pursuit of the fulfillment of your true potential. And the reason it's the commitment to the pursuit is because you can never actually achieve it, Mm. all right? Because as you go down the road, you know, my potential now compared to when I started in 1999 is much greater. I have much more resources. I have much more knowledge. I have much more skills. And so what that has done is that's opened up the potential to where now the potential is holy shit look what we could do from here and so i kind of look at everything as like this is day 1 um everything we've done to this point is amazing and it's cool and i'm i'm glad we're here we you know like we're fortunate to be here but what could we do from here and that's the attitude that i that i hold you know i i i know that if i don't consistently per, pursue that potential of what i could do or could be or what we could become or what we could create that, that cre- that's going to create regret for me later because what's going to happen is I'm going to get to a point and I'm going to... Like, dude, a lot of people ask me this. They say, why don't you sell the company, dude? You could sell the company and never have to work again. Dude, I could have sold the company and never have to work again 10 years ago. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's not appealing to me. Mm. First of all, if you know me, what the fuck would I do if I didn't have something to do? I will fucking blow my motherfucking brains out, <laughs> bro. Real talk. <laughs> I, for, other, for the other reasons that I would want to now, you know? Right, right. But like... The point is, is I have to fucking have a project and we have to have purpose. You know, a lot of people, we talk about this, the the definition of happiness, you know, definition of happiness is discipline plus gratitude plus purpose. And if you don't have a purpose, if you don't have a project to work on, if you don't work towards fulfilling that potential, that the, hap- the happiness can't really be there. You know, this is why you see this, this these, these very wealthy people get depressed and kill themselves. It's because they lost their purpose because they sold their company or they cashed out or they did something, um. You know, that took away their daily mission in life. And we all have to have that mission. If we don't have that mission, how can we be happy? And for entrepreneurs, that's a big part of our mission. So, you know, when we talk about, you know, being proud, I I think there's a lot of truth to being proud, kind of keeps you from really getting to where you where you could or should go. Um, and, and you know. So, and I know everybody doesn't think like that. I know some people get into business and they want to make some money so that they can make some money to go live their life. But I think for like the biggest entrepreneurs, the ones who really truly build, you know, eight, nine, 10 figure type companies, those guys are, those guys, that's part of their life. That's part of what they do. It's part of their identity. And so for me, man, like, yes, I'm very proud. I'm mostly proud of the people that have developed, like guys like Cody, who's been with me for 17 years, or, you know, you know, I mean, a lot of these people dude. I've got tons of people here who have been five years longer. You know, I'm proud as fuck of these people and I'm proud of the work they do because it's not me doing the work. It's them doing the work. All these people you see changing their lives out there. It's them doing that. It's not me. And um, that makes me proud. But in terms of like, you know, I just I don't know, I don't like I don't focus on it. Like, yeah, do you think yeah, I focus on it?
2: No, I, what comes to my mind is in the early months of the MFCO project, um, we did an episode that focused on this whole idea of evaluating your life 24 hours at a time what you call win the day yeah. and the best thing that i learned out of that is that's how i evaluate my own greatness or my own uh, the level to which i've invested in my the pursuit of my full potential is that I've, i you know i might have written a book a couple years ago and and i can look back at that and i can be grateful that God gave me the strength to do that or that I kept the promise to myself to do that. But in terms of how I evaluate my current greatness or the level to which I'm pursuing my potential, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant because it happened in the past. And so being around you that's the last a great point, being around you the last couple of years, like that's how I've been trying to continue to train myself to think is that I can I can be full of gratitude. I can be full of thanksgiving for the things that I've done in the past and the accomplishments that I've had but it's irrelevant to my current grade.
0: That's how I feel too, dude. Like, I feel like, you know, like like when I look at like what we have going on here, I don't come to work every day and be like, man, like we're fucking crushing it or we're killing it. I definitely feel fortunate and grateful to be at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm glad we didn't quit. And I'm glad we were able to work through the hard things. But like, I'm very aware that the life I live now is the product of who I was two, three, four, five years ago. And, um, if I want to continue to live the life that I like, uh, and then provide that life for the people that I love and care about and go to battle for every single day, which are the people in this building and people affiliated with my companies, um, you know, that's going to depend on what I do today, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think a lot of people put far too much, you know, I don't want to be the guy who says like, Mm -hmm. bro, back in high school, I won the MVP trophy. Right. You know, or, or, you know, back in 82, if they put me in the game, I would have won. You know, like that's never who I want to be. I don't want right. to be that person. I want to be the person that actually did the things. Right. You know, and if I do fail and I do crash and burn, which is very possible mm-hmm. because there's risks involved to do these things. If that were to happen, then maybe I would look back and I would say, OK, well, look what I did before. I could do this again. I can do it in this other way. And I would just use that as confirmation as to what I'm capable of doing. I wouldn't give up. I wouldn't. I don't think I'm ever going to stop. I don't mm-hmm. think this is ever going to be something I stop doing. I don't think I'm ever going to sell our company. I don't think I'm ever going to retire. I don't think I'm ever going to stop working. I don't think I'm ever going to stop on projects. You know, like just like this new MFCO that we got going on. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, why are we doing this? We're not doing this so that, you know, for any other reason that we recognize that it's the timing, it's much more needed right now than it was even in 2015 when we started it. Absolutely. So it's a purpose-driven mission that we're working on because we recognize needs that be filled. And, you know, I don't know, for some reason I got cursed with this thing where it's like, well, if nobody else is doing, I guess I'll fucking do it, Mm -hmm. you know? And and I don't know. Like, -hmm. let me tell you, and Vaughn, you know this and everybody in this room knows this and DJ, you probably know it as good as anybody. It's fucking hard as fuck for me. Like this shit is not easy for me. There's nothing about what I do that's easy. I live a very difficult life for me. Now, there's other people that are probably at my level that probably handle it better and they're probably more skilled and they're probably more talented than me. Um, You know, there's a lot of people that are smarter than me and and there's a lot of people that are better at handling stress and pressure than me. But I'm doing the best I fucking can for what the fuck I have. And I know that when I go home every day, like that's real shit. Like I look like I come home every day and I'm fucking beat down, bro. Mm-hmm. Like an you ask Emily, ask Emily about it, bro. You know this. I know it. How many times, like about once a month, I got to go home early, bro, because I'm like having a fucking nervous
1: fucking breakdown because I'm so fucking beat the fuck up. Yeah, we just talked about this the other day about about stress manifesting itself physically. Yeah. Like DJ got his first taste of this. Yeah. Like I've never seen it, but like I've seen you have to go through yeah. it. And I'm always like, man, like how the fuck do you get there? And then, you know, yeah. Yeah. You, you had an anxiety attack no what, I, I wouldn't call him an no anxiety, he's, but he's but been going through
0: the he's been going through the the, the, the pressures of planning a wedding
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Dude, just, it was yeah
2: it was, but. no I had one a couple of years ago and I thought oh it's our rite of passage yeah, right
0: uh, it's a <laughs> great yeah, being, story being, I'll yeah. tell another time but well, I told you you were gonna live yeah you there did you,
2: you did oh, yeah. and honestly it's it's the power of words yeah just to give people quick background. One of the days I was working at first form a couple years ago, I like, I felt this crushing weight on my chest and I legit thought I was having a heart attack. And I ran over to Drew and said, Drew, I got to go. And he's like, what's going on? I go, I, I think I'm having a heart attack. And Drew's like, well, you you better stay here and we'll get somebody. I go, no, no, I got to go. So I took off. And of course, Drew being the great guy he is he went and got help and I'm driving down the road. I don't even know where I was going. You get on the phone and you're like, what's going on, dude? Pull I go, I'm over. A- yeah, I pull over. I'm like, I'm having a heart attack. He goes, bro. You're not having a heart attack. No, no, I am. This happens to me all the time. You're having an anxiety attack. And dude, it is crazy about the power of words. Yeah. When you said you're having an anxiety attack, yeah. all of a sudden I was like, oh, and yeah. my symptoms like significantly yeah. reduced well, all of a bro, sudden.
0: We, we know exactly what to tell ourselves to get ourselves in those states too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's really, listen, bro. If you're trying to do legendary shit, that's what I'm trying to do. Right. I'm trying to do legendary shit. Right. I'm not trying to do get by. Like, and that's where people misunderstand my content a lot. Like, you know, you see these clips of me going around the internet, and I see a lot of people and they're like, fuck, this guy's fucking crazy, or like he's fucking what's wrong with this guy? Well, what's wrong with it is nothing. There's nothing wrong with me, but I'm trying to do legendary shit. And most people watching that, saying those critical things, they're just trying to get by. They're making, mm-hmm. they want to make a little money. They want to have a, a nice life. And dude, that's great. I'm not hating on that, but mm-hmm. I'm built a little bit differently. And I, my, for me to satisfy my needs uh, to, be, to be fulfilled, I have to go home at night and know that I didn't leave anything on the fucking table, bro, right. because regret will just eat me the fuck up. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm built like, man. I, I don't know why I'm built that way. I don't, I don't know. But yeah. like, my goal is, is like, here's the thing, you know, right now in the world, we need fucking winners. Mm-hmm. We need people winning. We need people fit. We need people healthy. We need people intelligent. We need people making money. We need people kicking ass and we need people understanding what that actually takes, which is why we're launching the new, the new version of the project. I'm excited as fuck about it. By yeah, me the way. too.
1: Yeah, me too. Anyway, it's real shit, man. Yeah. Uh, so,
0: so t- long yeah, I'm story so, I short, I wanted to add on to that. Okay, uh,
1: onto that. That's the last. Would you? Is, is it safe to say also because I'm hearing this like tone as you both talk about this and, and you you touched on potential expanding, right? Is it safe to say uh, to also kind of you know keep this this feeling that this person's having is that also increasing? the goals and expectations that you set for yourself, right? If you're constantly increasing that, knowing where you are compared to where you want to be, keeping that gap so freaking big, hitting these milestones, you're not even focused on that because you know I, where I, your expectations I, lie. Is that, look, dude,
0: I've dealt with winners at the highest level, athletes, business owners, um, all day long. I mean, we have the highest level athletes to come in here, bro, like the best people at their fucking craft
1: the best music artist at okay. seventh year old, seventh grader that's what i'm saying <laughs> I yeah mean,
0: well we yeah we do have the best best uh highest best ranking qb the grade, highest rated yeah. seventh grade Q- quarterback here at first form today in the country uh, which is pretty cool that is cool <laughs> yeah that's wild. he's awesome and by the way i found that kid on my phone <laughs> all right but um you know from my experience about dealing with these people now in athletics it's different because you have a time frame right the yeah. cool thing about business and entrepreneurship is you can do it your whole life um Dude, I've seen a lot of people fail. And you know why most people, you know why most of these people that I've witnessed fail? Because they get to a certain point, which was always the point in their head, and they either get within like 10% of it or right to it. And then they think they made it. And when they think they made it, they take their foot off the gas and they start talking about what they did instead of what they're doing or the opportunity they have in front of them. And then everybody else keeps moving forward and they stay right where they are. And five, six, seven years down the road, they're out of business or they're out of a career. And it's because they put a lot of weight into that milestone that was appropriate 10 years ago to think about, but it's no longer appropriate because of like what I said a minute ago, your potential is continuously expanding. So real champions, like real talk, Tim Grover will tell you this too. He's coached the highest level people ever. Um, they raised the bar before they hit the, the goal. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like they reset the bar before they even hit the bar. So by the time they pass the goal, it's not even that big of a deal because they've already onto something else yeah and so you know i that's that's kind of how i operate and i've always operated that that way naturally you know like when i know i'm getting close to a goal that i set for myself i'm automatically thinking about that next thing and dude let me tell you real talk there you know there's some negatives to that there's some mind yeah because i think there's more positives than negatives i'm not going to shit on it Mm -hmm. but there is some reality that like sometimes you you aren't as grateful for for doing things you don't appreciate them the way that you should because you're always looking to the next thing and that's a very real mental issue that you should be aware of i think i think it's i think if you're aware of it it helps counteract it mm-hmm. um but i think it's a, you know if you ask me five six, this is why the mfco project to be so fucking awesome yeah because my perspective is different now absolutely if you ask me fucking back. And there's an episode on this where I talk about winners do not ever celebrate. That's not actually true. If I could change one fucking thing about my life, I would have celebrated little milestones along the way instead of just thinking, fuck, we're not there because I've always had the same mentality. And so as I've gotten older, now I'm starting to get better about acknowledging things as they come, because that mindset has also made me, um, you know, not as good in like family environments, right? Like I was never someone that like got excited about birthdays. I'm not someone that gets excited about other people accomplishing things. And that made it seem like I didn't care, but the re- it wasn't that I didn't care, it's that I, I didn't care about that shit for myself, so mm-hmm. like I didn't realize what the big deal was. Yeah. And so there's a new awareness around, you know, like, like think about it like this. Like what if you knew that you were gonna get where you wanted to go? Would you take the time to acknowledge milestones as they come? Of course you would you know and i think when we get so fearful and so desperate and so anxious to get where we're trying to go like i was because reality i was in survival mode dude mm-hmm. like i had to fucking go or i felt like i was going to lose and uh you know that cost me a long that cost me a lot of shit in my life you know and so like i think it's important to be aware and to to acknowledge and to celebrate but also to remember that you know there's a long way to go mhm you know what i mean mm-hmm. I, I think there's a good that, balance there
2: i really want to add this i and this is something, again, I've learned from you and I learned from our, our years doing the MFCO project, but I've had this experience. I've had clients who have had this experience where you're looking at your life on paper and you're going, um, man, I'm doing some cool stuff. Like I'm really, you know, quote unquote, kicking ass. Right. And yet you feel you feel terrible. It's like, why? Why can I look on paper like this is the best I've ever done? And yet I still feel terrible. Well, I've concluded in this, I had this sort of aha moment a few, uh, few weeks ago. Really deep down, I know that even though I am doing well, I'm capable of a lot more. Yeah, And, you're, and, I, and, and I'm not you, doing it. I well, haven't, I haven't yeah. elevated my standards yet. And that's, that's why I think deep down, you can, look, you can look objectively and say, oh, there's a lot of really good things going on in your life, but it doesn't mean that you're doing as well as you could be doing.
0: But you are doing it because you're doing things outside of your comfort zone now. Now now you're doing things like learn, going on that airplane ride. Yeah. Now you're doing things like learning how to swim so you can do a triathlon. Mm-hmm. You are doing it now. Well, that's true. So, so that's true. give so yourself there's a little, a little good, bit of credit.
2: There's there. a little bit of conflict there. Yeah. But, but you know what I mean is that just objectively looking and saying, just because like compared to most people, you're doing really well. Yeah. Deep down, you're going to know if you're doing well, but you're doing well because you're, you know, you're only, go, you're only putting in a seven out of 10 effort yeah. and you're getting good results. But deep down, you're like, yeah. I could be putting 10 or 11 or 12 effort.
0: Dude, there's a lot to even unpack there. Yeah, because I so said that's a moment right there. Well, that's no, a no, no. moment. No. no, there's even more to that. And the more to that is this. <laughs> you my seven out of ten in entrepreneurship is everybody else's fucking 20. Right. OK, so like and I don't mean that mm. disrespectfully. No, it is. Anybody else who's been doing it as long as I have, they're probably on the same level. But I'm saying when I look at people who are, you know, seven, eight, ten years in, and then i compare myself to them i can do the same shit they're doing on a level 6
1: with less effort yeah right yeah.
0: and so then i have to really dig in and be like bro am i really going hard or am i not going hard yeah, you know man, what i'm saying man. and so like it's been and it makes me feel it makes me feel more like myself when i'm like that like dude i am a savage bro that's who the fuck i am that's how, that's why you guys
1: listen to the fucking show you know yeah um, guys andy our third and final question question number 3 uh, andy i'm 22 yeah. years old active duty military, and have a lawn care business on the side. I also help my dad with admin work for his construction company occasionally, uh, in addition to the everyday things such as reading, workout, uh, et cetera. Despite doing my best every day, I still fall into these moments of feeling like I am super far behind my friends or people on social media. Mm. Um, You and your platform have helped teach me to be patient and play for the long game. But when you were in your first decade of your business, did you ever feel behind in life compared to others without the social media? And if so, how did you overcome this? I still feel that way. I still I know that's hard for people to understand. But I still feel that way. You still feel like you're behind.
0: Yeah, because I don't it's 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 about who you compare yourself to and who you're watching. You know, I'm no longer watching um and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but I'm no longer watching like, I don't even want to say what I'm about to say. Cause there's no way to say it. Nice. I watch the biggest people in the world. Okay. I watch, I watch people like I, I, th- this is going to sound insane, but I watch Elon Musk. I'm like, that guy's 10 years older than me. look what the fuck he's done. You know, I watch Bezos. I'm like, that guy's 15 years older than me. Look what the fuck he's done. You see what I'm saying? Like that's, I, I, that's, that's how I look at, I know that's very unhealthy. Um, but I still do that. And, and, you know, even before social media, of course I felt that way because when I was building my business and we were making no money, um, you know, all my friends were getting degrees and they were getting jobs and they were, you know, back then they were getting 60, 70, 80, $90,000 a And I felt like a fucking loser. I'm over here making six hundred dollars a fucking month, six hundred ninety five dollars a month. Okay, let's not forget that ninety five bucks. Yeah. Right.
1: One back then. I yeah. Seventy k. That's a shit time. Well,
0: we dude. Inflation, yeah. Inflation. Mean, look, bro. Yeah. It, yeah. It's it's different now. Forty but years. The ago. point is, is like shut up. <laughs> so, so fucking. The point is, is that you know, of course I feel that way. But like, I think any achiever feels that way. I think anybody who achieves anything at a high level, if you really get them to open up, they feel like they're fucking behind. Like, bro, Kobe Bryant didn't feel like he was the best ever. Now he got himself in that mindset when he went out on the floor. But like when he's practicing his shit, do you know why he's practicing? He's practicing because he knows or worries or questions whether or not he is actually the best ever. And he wants to make sure that's going to happen. And so a lot of our drive and our, and, our, and our go as an entrepreneur comes from that feeling of feeling behind. And I, I think that's a great feeling to have. I think that's where all, all the good things in my life that I appreciate now, all these hundreds of people that work in this building and the thousands of people that work remote that I deal with who are amazing fucking human beings, that's all been produced for me feeling like I had so much to go and I was so far behind that I had to go hard. And so like, you know, while i think it's an uncomfortable feeling i don't think that many good things come from comfort so i think it's something that you 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 have to learn to live with and appreciate and, and appreciate what it provides because it provides all the shit that you're going to be proud of in the long term so like yeah i felt that way and and i will say this you know social media is 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 a lot of lies it's a lot of bullshit there's a lot of people on there pretending they're doing things and that their life is great and that they have no problems And that they're just killing it and they're killing it way more than they are. And, you know, buy my method to kill it and be happy and be stress-free like me. And dude, the reality is, is these people come and go. And the reason they come and go is because they're not really who they say they are. And eventually it comes out. It's very hard to have longevity. I mean, we've been doing this for what? Almost 10 years now. It's very hard to have longevity because most people fucking lie, all right? And so you have to consider that. Like when I look at some of these people on the internet, dude, who are like, Because remember, I know what this shit costs. I know how the game, I know what the games are. Like, I know the dude with the Huracan. Like, I know how he got that Huracan. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, you're not fooling motherfuckers up the ladder. You're only fooling motherfuckers below the ladder. And if you continuously try to fool everybody, the people above the ladder won't fuck with you. They won't invite you to the barbecue. Mm -hmm. They won't have you come over. They won't associate with you because they realize that you're full of shit. And so a lot of those people that make you feel bad are those people. And I wouldn't let those people, you know, like we see this a lot with younger people these days. We see a lot of younger people who have good paying jobs, have had bright futures ahead of them. They've got a great career path ahead of them. And then they run across some person their age on the internet saying, I made a hundred grand this fucking week by Wednesday. You know, and it's like, dude. And then these people are like, fuck bro, I'm over here working my ass off for fucking, I'm not even gonna make that this year yet. You know what I'm saying? And they start demoralizing themselves when in reality you're demoralizing yourself against something that's not even real. And that's a very important thing to consider when you find yourself in that negative headspace. You have to remember, like a lot of this stuff isn't real, bro. A lot of these people are full of shit. A lot of these people aren't really doing things. And, it, and, and, um, and that creates anxiety and frustration and stress. And most importantly, it causes people to get into the hamster wheel cycle. The hamster wheel cycle is the where you don't want to be. This is how you ruin your life, okay? And we've talked about this on the first CEO uh, a lot. You know, they get into something and they work really hard for two or three years and they look around and they're like, I'm not where I want to be. Look, dude on the internet, right? And they feel bad. So they're like, fuck it, I'm going to quit. And then they, they just spent three years in that thing. Now they start over and they go another three years and they go hard on that. And, it's not, and then they look around, they're like, fuck, I'm not where I'm going to be. Well, now you've just wasted six years of your life. Okay, then they do it again. Now you've wasted a decade. Then they do it again. Then they do it again. Now you've wasted 15 years. And pe- the reason most people aren't successful isn't because they're not on the right path. It's because they quit the path that they're on before the reward ever shows up. And that's reality, dude. That's what, that's what these distractions in this game of comparison causes that the most damage for, for young people is it gets them to waste a decade or a decade and a half of their life and then they get, finally, we're in a place where they understand the game and they're like, fuck, and now I'm 35 or 40 and I got to do this now. Well, I mean, that's better than figuring out when you're 60, like right. some people. Right. But if you continuously start this thing, you know, uh, and then go three years and quit, you're always going to be in the hamster wheel. You can't make progress. That, it, it's impossible to do. And that culture is propagated in society intentionally, by the way. All right. Why is that culture propagated in society intentionally, do you think? Why would, they, why would they tell people, you know, if you don't like your job, just fucking quit. If you don't like blah, 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 just do that. Why
1: would they do that? Why would they do that? Why do you think they would do that? Well, I mean, obviously entrepreneurship is hard enough already, so they're no. making you quit this that's consistent to no. take a chance on something no. that, no. No, what do they want? They want control. And how do you get control? By people being controllable. People being broke. Yeah. Okay. They want you broke. So they,
0: they tell you this idea of new fucking shiny new syndrome and it's okay to just quit. and It's okay to do this. It's okay to do that. And they don't tell you the reality. The reality is if you spend your whole life in the hamster wheel every three years and start over, you never get anywhere. And what that creates is a, is a nice, little, compliant, dependent peasant that has to plug themselves into the system to survive. And then you end up being a 40, 50, 60-year-old person that has to work a job that you hate because you have to survive. And that's what they want. That's what they want. And so you have to understand they propagate this mentality amongst young people intentionally because they want these young people to be fucking slaves forever.
1: Because they know they're going to break once or turn it on them like, oh shit, I'm just not made out for this. That's right. But they tell them that. Yeah. We hear that everywhere. We see that in media articles. We see that
0: in culture. We see that... And, you know, even some big influencers say that. You don't like your job, fucking quit. You don't like this, quit. You don't like that, quit. Bro, you're going to quit yourself on your whole life. You know, this is reality. I'm not For saying sure. like there's not situations to quit. Yeah. But if you think that you're going to find a new thing every three years and that's going to get you where you want to go, you're sorely mistaken. Everybody I know that's financially successful, they pick something and they stuck with it. Whether that be an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur, someone within the company right someone within a a system a sales system or somewhere you know like you don't get to do it it doesn't it it takes time time is a, a important part of the recipe and you know unfortunately we live in this time of instant gratification and we have all these knuckleheads on the internet saying all this stuff that isn't true making people think that they're losing and that forces people to make these decisions that end up you know kind of shooting themselves in their foot for their life later on what do you think
2: Yeah, I think the only qualification that I would make is that um, I do think that people need to stick with things. I think that there is a process to discerning whether something truly isn't for you. But I think the important thing to ask yourself is, am I thinking of switching up simply because this is hard and I don't want to put the time and energy, uh, the blood, sweat and tears involved in this? Or can I sit back and go, okay, I'm evaluating who I am, I'm evaluating what my long term goals are, I'm evaluating kind of how I'm wired as a person. If I can look at those qualifications and say, "Okay, I'm, I should probably switch," yeah. then I think that's legit. But if you're switching simply because it's hard, then yeah, and I think most people, that's why. Yeah, ready. and
0: also, if you are going to switch, what's the long term play there? Right. Where's Where's that going? Okay. Like, where is Where is that going to have you end up? I think that's the important thing to ask. Right. You know. Okay. Okay. I'm going to make this switch. I've been here for three years. I'm going to make a switch. Totally cool. Yeah. Where's the endpoint of this new thing that I'm going to do? Right,
1: right, right. That's something people fail to ask. That's a good, good point. Well, I think from my like, what I think about with this is like, you know, we talk, you you talk about this analogy of baking the cake, right? You know, and this variable of time, you don't know how long it's going to take, right? And so you might go for three years without seeing any, um, any fruit, right? Yeah. Any signs that this is working out. So, like, I mean, what is the matrix, right? Like. You know, yes, we got the powerless. I know that I'm putting everything in, but like, it, it, are there, gonna, like, is that just how the game is? Like, sometimes there just won't be any signs other than you knowing you put the input in. Well,
0: have you ever heard my analogy of the Chinese bamboo tree? Hmm. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, in the Chinese bamboo tree, there is um, a five year period where once the seed is planted, the seed has to have water and nutrients and be taken care of for five years before it ever sprouts. And once it sprouts, within eight weeks, it grows to a height of 80 feet, okay? And that's how your life's going to work. Your life is going to be very, very frustrating for that first three to five years, but you're going to have to show up and you're going to have to give it the water. You're going to have to give it the nutrients. You're going to have to make sure that the soil doesn't get disturbed, right? If you went in there, this is no different than farmers, bro. Like if, you're, if you go out and you plant corn in the field and you go out the very next day and there ain't nothing there, and you're like, fuck, this didn't work. What would happen to the people of the world? Mm. <laughs> they fucking, fucking starve, starve yeah. okay? So luckily we have people that understand like shit takes time and you got to have certain things. You got to have water. You got can't have too much water, got to have just enough, right? Got to have the right conditions. Got to take care of the soil. The, these, this is no different than your life. You have to understand that when you plant the seed, there's going to be a time where you cannot see anything happening. It's no different than losing weight. Like when you were 350 pounds, like I was, um, the first fucking two months, I couldn't even tell the difference. I was pissed. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> fuck, I'm still fat. Like, you know, it sucks. Uh, but then, you know, you go to put your jeans on because no. you finally put have the courage to put your jeans on. You're like, oh, all right getting a little looser yeah. right and the scale saying oh you're down 15 pounds but you still look the same mm-hmm. but as you continue to go you continue to look a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better all right and that's just how it's going to go in your life too that's why fitness
1: is such a great parallel for life yeah. mm-hmm. but that's the game you have to you have to you have to be that. prepared
0: for a period of time where you're going to be very frustrated mm-hmm. you know and my 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 advice for anybody going through that period of time right now would be to remind them that if you quit now, this is all for nothing. That's something that has always kept me going. If I quit now, all this shit I've done is for nothing. Like like if I were to sell my company now, all this pain and all this shit that I did was, it was for nothing because I didn't achieve what it is I had the potential to actually do. You see what I'm saying? So like these things, I mean, it's, it's, it's something mm-hmm. to think about. And I mm-hmm. think everybody has
1: to decide what's right for them.
0: You know? Yeah, man. I agree. Yeah.
1: Love it. Love it, man. Well, guys, Andy Vaughn, that was three.
0: All right, guys. Hey, keep an eye out for this new MFCO project. All right. I don't do too much social media anymore. So you're going to have to pay attention to your emails. Uh, but I promise you, we got something really cool cooking for you. You're going to be super impressed when we launch it. Uh, and I know it's taking a little longer, but you're going to understand why we do. So I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And uh, don't forget to share the show.
1: Yeah. Went from sleeping on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a boat Fuck a stove. Counted millions in the cold. Bad bitch. Booted swole. Got her on bankroll. Can't fold. Doesn't know. Headshot.